A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph from me, David Law, and alongside me, Catherine Whitaker, who has hot-footed it from the Amazon Prime Video Studio, where we've been together watching Marin Cilic come from behind, come from match point down against Novak Djokovic, turning the tables from a year ago when it was he that was in charge against Feliciano Lopez and was just devastated after losing that and he's won the title, Catherine. We're going to be hearing from Marin. I've had a chance to speak to him for quite a while earlier on to the, this evening. We're going to hear from Novak Djokovic. We'll hear from the doubles winners, Henri Contenon and uh, John Pierce, who beat Bruno Suarez and Jamie Murray. But as we sit here on the tournament director's balcony, overlooking 9,288 empty seats and a centre court that no longer has players on it, that has been some afternoon. It does still have sun on it, though, the centre court, David. I mean, we're just basking. What an absolutely extraordinary week it's been. It's set the bar for weather at Queen's, hasn't it? It really has. The sun is still glinting off the dark blue. Are they dark blue or are they black seats? They are black seats. They are black. They are black. Black lower ones and then grey upper tier, just to be specific. The glinting sun makes them look navy blue. Yes. Um, And it just looks absolutely glorious. I usually hate this portion of a of an event because as we've discussed on the podcast before it feels like um the uh, the there's not em- enough sort of respect paid to the aftermath and the trucks roll in all too quickly to I start know. dismantling everything but there is a maybe it's happening behind the scenes that we can't see but there is a wonderful stillness about the center court just now no mm. nobody's dismantling anything before our eyes it's not anyway. quite french open is it where they were graffitiing the uh, the, the press room because no were... and the, the bulldozers were practically rolling in that no. night at the french open no it is absolutely beautiful the the, uh, the fever tree flags are swaying in the light breeze and uh, Marin Cilic is somewhere here. Is he still here, David? Is he, I think he's just making his way out. He's got his wife with him and uh, and they're heading off back to the hotel. But ju- just before we hear from Marin and we talk about the, the final, just, just a quick word on the type of character that Marin Cilic is. I'm, here, I'm media director here, which means I have to involve myself in the, the trophy presentations, etc., and coordinate the photo shoot and so forth. And Whilst Marin Cilic was going through his media duties, he finished them up about 10 minutes before the end of the doubles final. He knew that I wanted to speak to him for the tennis podcast, and he offered to wait until the end of the doubles ceremony in order to do our interview. I, I can't think of too many players who would do that. Well, exactly as last year, Gigi and I couldn't think of 
any other players that would have offered to come and be a guest on the tennis podcast for what 10 15 minutes it was last mm. year we said and he you was know, he couldn't get rid of it he was absolutely devastated it was a crushing loss this time last year and he just came and sat down with us and had a lovely chat and uh, we at the time couldn't think of any other player that would have done that and uh, maybe there would have been other players that would have would have waited for the law today oh, David well. but not many probably not many and I did threaten him honestly talking talking over the the pictures in the prime video studio of him wandering around the centre court with the trophy and just eking every single split second of joy out of that moment my cheeks were hurting from all the smiling it was just completely infectious there's something so warm about the sight of Marin Cilic smiling it just makes me feel warm inside and yeah just I'm just so happy for him I'm so happy for him particularly of course because of what happened in 2012 which yes he left here with a trophy but it was always an asterisk next to his name and I think in his own mind as well yeah if you need your memory jogging I mean we talk about that in our interview you'll hear it shortly but that was the one where David Nalbandian kicked the uh, the line judge up in the air basically and got himself <laughs> disqualified um, and as a result Marin Cilic won the tournament and was it just felt like he was a footnote to all the coverage that followed and and for years he's been trying since I mean this is a guy who reached the final the very next year which I think shows how resilient he is because he's had some blows and you think of how he reached the final here last year he had match point he didn't take it then he went to Wimbledon and he and he, his world fell apart in the final against Roger Federer who was brilliant but Cilic had blisters he then lost a five set epic in Australia he just keeps on coming back for more and I think that's that's hugely impressive the match itself was fascinating I mean it was the longest final we've ever had here two hours and 57 minutes it took and there were some just great rallies and and I I thought I mean it looked like Djokovic was going to get the job done because he's got this 14-1 record against Cilic and he just kept on making life difficult for him but didn't put it away which was surprising I was worried for Cilic about how many great rallies there were because although it was wonderful for a spectator I thought for Cilic to win the rallies need to be short and wham bam thank you ma'am and and you know yeah the shorter the better for Marin Cilic so when I saw it sort of developing into a bit of a slugfest I thought well this is this is Djokovic's um and uh, obviously at match point down 4-1 in the tie break uh and then the ball bouncing started David the, there was I a mean lot of ball the ball bouncing, bouncing's there? always there I mean but both never sides. has never has there been a bigger tell <laughs> For two players on the same court is to a, a greater insight into how they're feeling. You don't need on-court coaching when Djokovic and Cilic are playing one another, do you? you just count the bounces and, and the leg wiggles in <laughs> Cilic's case. But he, barring a couple of moments, kept it pretty much under wraps, you know, but, you know, at the baseline level. Whereas Djokovic, when he was... 4-1 up in that tie break he, suddenly it was you know it was 20 bounces wow. at one point suddenly I mean it was it was <laughs> it was difficult for the director to deal with because you didn't know you felt like we could have run a VT while, <laughs> while he was <laughs> bouncing the ball and you also when they're bouncing the ball the other thing is there are there are the fever tree flags over the top of the stadium here in the different colors of, of their brand and you just hear them just clinking against the 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 mast of the the flagpole there and it's it's just increases 
the tension all the time, doesn't it? And it, I mean, it really was an occasion. It's no no surprise it was three hours long, given all this ball bouncing. But what do you what do you think happened to Djokovic? I mean, do you think this was Chilich wrestling it away from him? Was this Djokovic? Was it was it a choke? I mean, that was four one in the tiebreak. I th- I think a combination of both. I think Chilich sensed the nerves of Djokovic. He sensed that it was there to be wrestled, but he had to play fearless tennis in order to mm. do the wrestling. On match point, he went for it, didn't he? Went for it on the forehand. He didn't hold back, and at four one down in the tiebreak. Yes, there were a, a couple of loose loose points from Djokovic, but Chilich had to sense it was there for the wrestling and Djokovic gave him a chink in the armour to, to sense but Cilic still had to do a lot of wrestling I yeah, think he sure did he, he was mightily impressive he ended up with a trophy it was a sweet moment for him and I got a chance to speak to him afterwards well Marin many congratulations after seeing you here a year ago and how, how sad you were this, yeah. is, this is a great sight to see you smiling with that trophy next to you yeah definitely it was a similar scenario as last year and uh, probably that experience helped today you know, just to keep the, the mental nerves uh, up very high and uh, what a final I mean Novak was playing great tennis uh, he was really relentless and returned well and, and even today was serving great in that first set I had a lot of break points um, but most of the time he was coming up with some great serves and, and just putting pressure back at me and I felt that I was not serving that well uh, maybe you know the worst serving uh, performance of the week but still I managed to, to you know hit off the ground really really well and uh, I felt in that second set that uh, if I'm going to be starting to serve a little bit better it's going to give me more chances then I'm going to put pressure back at him and uh, I was waiting for my for my chance and maybe luckily from yesterday had those uh, two tiebreaks that I've played and, and uh, managed to play another one great one today and uh, sort of in that third set I felt that momentum shifted to my own side and uh, that I was playing really really good tennis. Is he part of the reason that you were struggling to serve at your best because I mean he really does return so well? Yeah, I mean, when you when you see him on the other side, and especially uh, knowing how well he moves, sort of, it just uh, puts you in a difficult spot that you go a uh, little bit extra on your serve. You're gonna, you know, try to hit the line or try to hit a big serve, knowing that he might have a racket on it, and and uh, that was uh, definitely not easy, putting you constantly under pressure. And uh, the way he plays as well, especially throughout the week, and you know that through through many years that we watched him, uh, he's really uh, consistent in his own game. He's not giving much, putting a lot of returns back, and you have to earn all, almost every single point. There were some mental obstacles to overcome in that match, in some ways, weren't there? Because your record against him is not great you you have got one win but he's always been a difficult player for you plus what happened a year ago when you were so close and and you missed out yeah absolutely I think mentally I did extremely well during all week especially uh, knowing that I had the uh, one of the toughest uh, draws around from the first round until the final and uh, also knowing that I played Novak who is also very motivated uh, to come back and uh, showing already again uh, great tennis and, and again today he was serving really good not giving me too many chances and then being set down you know it was a lot at me but uh, I felt that with uh, all of that pressure I delivered really well and gives me amazing amazing confidence for coming up weeks and uh, hopefully I can uh, keep it up, keep it up. You mentioned you felt that if your serving could start to come together that you still had a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were a match point down. So yeah. what goes through your mind when you are match point down? Um, you know, even, even in that uh, situation when I was match point down, I felt in you know, 
prior to that game, I was uh, starting to get better rhythm on my serve, and, and uh, I started to feel that uh, everything is coming into the rhythm. And even that game uh, being set uh, match points down, I felt that uh, I might deliver a good serve or I'm going to have a good shot after my serve. Obviously, you never know what's going to come at you, but I felt uh, uh, somehow quite, uh, in a way, relaxed, but uh, you know, knowing that I have, I'm going to be able to deliver and keeping on with my own game plan, with my routine, and uh, you know, it's paid out. And uh, obviously, sometimes you might be playing great tennis and it doesn't turn out. So uh, I felt that you know, still throughout the match, I was playing great tennis, and I just kept, uh, kept going with that pressure. I mentioned that record. I won't mention it yeah. too lo- too much because it, it's not yeah. the greatest reading. But the thing is, Novak has returned to some form this week. He's got to a final. Yeah. But does he feel different as an opponent now to what he did maybe three years ago? Um, you know, just looking from the other side of the net, uh, you know, I feel that uh, maybe in some shots. Uh, he was uh, maybe executing them a little bit more better. Um, you know, you could see even today I was didn't have such a great percentage of the first serve, and you know he was just giving me some chances uh, to uh, stay with him because I had a lot of second serves and some of them he was missing, and that's what some that's what maybe usually we wouldn't see from him. Um, from the other parts of the court, it's uh, difficult to judge uh, for me. Maybe uh, you know from the serving standing standpoint. Um, I don't know if he had a slightly faster serve in, in the past. You know that might be just the process for him uh, while he's on the on this process to be completely healthy. But you know I, I feel that he's uh, movement-wise moving really well, really well, returning well, and I think he's uh, you know improving every single week. And great, great for great for us to to see him playing so well and hope that uh, he's going to stay healthy. But do you think maybe yourself as a player and, and players that play against him, because he's not been as successful in the last mm-hmm. year, do you do you feel different? I mean, mm-hmm. is, is there more belief in your game these days against him? I think, you know, as we all know, tennis is such a, such a sport where, you know, a couple of percents make a huge difference. Uh, he had a match point. I mean, he could have been the one that uh, lifted lifts the trophy today, and uh, it's just a matter of a mental approach. And you know, some things may, might uh, be different from the time when he was uh, at the top, and it's it's just slight edge. And you know, looking at my own side, I feel that I improved as a player as well uh, in these last two years since we played last time together. Uh, I think that I was playing great tennis and I was the one uh, trying to have the offense most of the time and uh, you know just uh, I feel that with my own game I raised also to another level. So you have lifted this trophy for a second time yeah. and a, in a slightly different situation to last time. Yeah. Does, does it feel better? Absolutely, absolutely it feels better. You know, that 2012 final, it was very unfortunate, um, you know, but still it was, uh, you know, just part of the sport as well uh, that sometimes uh, out of so many matches something maybe like that could happen but it was very unfortunate to, to have it in the final and it was uh, just a little bit bitter to have the trophy that way but uh, you know I, I played throughout the years uh, so such a great tennis here in Queens I feel almost like home and uh, always deliver great tennis especially at the center court so uh, it's a pleasure to, to have the trophy again.
and next stop Wimbledon, where you also have a little bit of unfinished business there, it feels, because you played so well last time and you, you had the misfortune in the final with the, with the blisters. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely misfortune and uh, it was a tough time of the year for me uh, just to come to the final, uh, do so much, do so well and uh, be in such a great form and then not be able to, uh, to play at 100%. And, you know, as, as mentioned, even when you are not a uh, few percent at, at, the, at the top, uh, you know, you, you feel it on the court and especially playing against Roger, I had no chance to, to win it. So uh, it's, it's going to be great again to play there, but I don't feel that uh, it might be a revenge for me to come back to Wimbledon. I felt that still I had an amazing year last year. I played great tennis, definitely was unfortunate, but still uh, having happy memories and uh, going again there with a great form. Do you ever imagine yourself with that trophy at Wimbledon? Uh, not yet. <laughs> You're gonna wait. Yeah, I had. To, I have a plate. You know, I, I got the plate, so uh, I imagine myself uh, with a plate and uh, saw myself with a plate. But uh, you know, hopefully one day, trophy I could lift it. Well, you've lifted this one, yeah. and it's the biggest trophy in tennis, pretty much. And uh, we love having you here. So thank you for everything this week, and very many congratulations. My pleasure. Thank you very much, and uh, hope to see you soon and next year, of course. Even on a budget. Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So, Marin Chilic, just a thoroughly lovely bloke and he's got the big old trophy here at the Queen's Club 
Fever Tree Championships champion of 2018. So, Wimbledon, what do you think? Well, I can tell you what Daniela Hantikova thinks, and she said it very emphatically live on air on Amazon. She said she sees Marin Cilic as the favourite, and she actually said no, that before really? the final. Yeah, wow. she's been very punchy about Marin Cilic. She all picked week. him for the title. She picked here. him for the title. Uh, the theme of the week in the Amazon Prime studio has been disagreement between her and Greg. It's what? been an absolute joy. <laughs> disagreement with you around? <laughs> yeah. Surely not. Um, Greg uh, went for Djokovic in three, and... Daniela went for Chilich in three and boy did she pick that right and she wasn't even that worried you know when he was match partner she sort of I don't know she sensed this belief in Chilich that we've all doubted in him mm. over, over over the years and she she's a very astute analyst of the game Daniela she knows Marion Vida very very well incidentally she almost worked with him oh, really? Novak Djokovic was his Marion Vida's second choice mm. um, at one point so yeah, she sees him as the favourite for Wimbledon. Greg disagrees, sees him as the second favourite after Federer, who incidentally lost the final in Halle today to Borna Chorich. I don't know how much to read into that. I didn't Interesting, see the match. Interesting, though, isn't it? But Chorich has no grass court pedigree at he all. He beat Zverev in the first round as well. I and mean, what a week for Croatia in- on the in- tennis circuit. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and in football. Yeah. It's a good time to be sort of a little bit Croatian, David. It's, it's brilliant. Sorry, I'm <laughs> loving it. I'm going to get my red and white Czech shirt out when I get home. Um, just on that point, uh, first of all, I, what, I mean, I know Daniela only a little bit, having commentated for one set with her last year. Is she a bit like me and rubs it in when she gets a prediction right? Do you mean a bit like you or a bit like Greg? <laughs> Well, both. How did <laughs> Bless she di- Greg. <laughs> Bless Greg. But he does let you know about it when he gets one right. And he gets them right plenty often. But he, he makes sure you remember that. So what was what her celebration? Um, she was cool and calm. She didn't... She, if I hadn't mentioned it, she wouldn't have mentioned it herself. Oh, really? She is... She's a cool cookie, Daniela Hantikova. I've got so much time for her, and as I yeah. say, a brilliant analyst well, of the game. I, I was I was watching a lot throughout the week, and I was mightily impressed. I mean, I, I think I did tell you, again, you know, I'm going to rub this in about something I got right. I did say I thought she'd be quite good, didn't I? You did. I? But I didn't think she'd be that good. You know, first week she's done it on TV in quite this sort of role, and my goodness, she was, she was excellent. Yeah, so, and I now do, find you know, myself... You know, had I not heard her say that, I still... Um, I hope he's not here listening, but I still probably wouldn't be thinking of Chilich in terms of being the favourite for Wimbledon. But since she said that, I've started thinking, well, I mean, it seems bizarre to put him ahead of Federer. And I'm I'm still not quite there, but I'm thinking about it a bit more seriously mm. than I would have done had I not heard her say that. I'm certainly taking, taking that view very seriously mm. under advisement. So, Novak Djokovic, what about him? He came into the press room afterwards and... I mean, what did he make of of the final and those missed opportunities? Well, he was he was keen to point out how close he got. You know, he was match point away, and and that there are obviously positives to take from that. But I think a little bit at a loss, a little think, bit at yeah, a loss th- to to explain exactly what happened. A bit like after checking our mm. I, I mean, he certainly wasn't as furious and rash and hot headed as he was after the the Cecchinato, uh loss in Paris. He gave more considered answers. You know. Didn't <laughs> didn't do anything hugely dramatic, but still, in terms of what he said, it a bit of a loss to explain why it's not quite happening because it all seemed to be there in place. He back referenced the the Dimitrov victory and how significant that felt to him as well as to to us watching on, and you know why he couldn't. 
be the guy that beat Dimitrov today in the big moments, I guess, is is hard for him to explain because he's always been able to be that guy. He's always been more so that guy in the big moments mm. before and, and now it's letting him down when it matters most. It, it is something that still I find quite hard to to reconcile with this Novak Djokovic that, that does seem when it gets tight that that might be the moment that we see this vulnerability and you never used to doubt that in the past so Novak Djokovic not happy with the way the final went it wasn't to be unfortunately 4-1 up in the tie break second double 4 and 4-3 up I got a little bit tight there and he used it he served well when he needed to and uh Congratulations to him, but um, I can definitely take a lot of positives out of out of this week. I feel like you know, beating Dimitro, who's one of the top players in straight sets, a couple of good all straight sets. You know, I had a couple of match points to, to end it up in straight sets against Chilich, but uh, just match turned around. He had a great comeback. Third set, again, he was very close. All in all, I think the level of, of my tennis has been as, as good as it, it has been in the last 12 months. So, Novak Djokovic, as you say, had a loss about today. But I still, looking at it as a sort of glasses half full kind of way, I would say, you know, this is this is a big deal that he got to the final here. He, he said, I've not been here eight years and I'm going to be here every year afterwards now because I've loved it, which is which is really nice to hear. He, he does seem happy to be at least back now and, and playing well most of the time. I just think it's a building process. That's that's what I would imagine it will end up being, that like Nadal, he's putting these building blocks in place and eventually he'll get there. But he might have to take a few bloody noses first. Yeah, I would feel the same. However, hearing him say emphatically that I'm not a contender, I don't see myself as a contender for Wimbledon, I, I find that That's what you do though, isn't it? You know, you sort of take the pressure off yourself a bit? Yeah, I guess, yeah, well, exactly. I can only assume it's a mind game because how, I mean, he's still a three-time champion, a 12-time Grand Slam champion. It's not like there's a huge wealth of players that we're talking about as genuine contenders to Federer at this at this year's Wimbledon. I mean, OK, you can't discount Nadal, but the fact is he doesn't generally win Grand Slams without matches in warm-up events. He needs the matches, doesn't he? So for me, the fact that he hasn't played a warm-up event suggests that he is... I mean, he will be as competitive as he always is, Nadal, at Wimbledon. He only has one setting, but he's... I think if he... if Wimbledon were all he wanted, another Wimbledon title, he would have been here at Queen's this year somehow or some way, I, I believe. Um, so for me, that puts a little asterisk next to Nadal's name. Chilich is absolutely in there. Beyond that, though, and obviously Federer, I don't. I mean, surely you have to look to Djokovic. It's good, isn't it? I like the it's so brilliant. much intrigue. It's Loads brilliant, of- but he has to be a contender say something Stokowski-esque happens to Federer early on I mean suddenly Djokovic is absolutely in the conversation isn't Mm. he I mean you know things can it wouldn't take that extraordinary a a sequence of events for Djokovic suddenly to become the favourite he he looks comfortable on the the surface again which he hasn't the last couple of years the the physical discomfort has gone which which is pleasing and uh, well not today, though, because Marin Cilic had too much for him and he is the singles champion. So the doubles, Henry Continen and John Piers were the champions. Bit of a surprise, I thought, how one-sided it was because the beat Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez 6-4, 6-2 really wasn't competitive at all. And uh, credit to 
Continent and Piers. I mean, that's a, a good win. It's also nice for Piers that he's put behind him the disappointment of about four years ago when he lost in the final when his partner was Jamie Murray. They lost in his signing Champions tiebreak on that occasion. But uh, they get the title and they go into Wimbledon with the Fever Tree Championships doubles trophy. And I spoke to them afterwards and I tell you what, they, they seem to, yeah, they think they're winning Wimbledon or certainly really? you know, giving a good fist of it. Yeah, they talked up a really good game about, I said, so do you think you can win Wimbledon now? And they sort of looked at me as if it was almost a rude question. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, why wouldn't we? Yeah, quite right. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, we also had uh, the first ever wheelchair exhibition tournament at the Fever Tree Championships this year. It was won by Stefan Olsen against Stefan Uday of France. and uh, All the Stefans. Yeah, Catherine looking at me and I'm just trying to work out whether I've got my pronunciations wrong Stefan there. Uday. Yeah. yeah. So I've got it right I'm now. less good on the Swedish front, but Olsen's, <laughs> Olsen yeah. sounds safe. It does, doesn't it? So the week's been pretty good. Oh, it? I'll say, yeah. I've loved it. <laughs> it's been awesome. The weather at this place. I mean, this is my 23rd year. We've not had weather like this before. No, ab- no, not consistently. We've had days and little runs here and there but you're always sort of edgy that it'll all it'll all come to a crushing end and the clouds will roll in and it'll start raining but there's it where there's been no edginess it's just sort of felt like it shall be ever thus indeed the sun will always be shining over the queen's club oh, that's the new until, britain until 2019 right so you're off and to England Eastbourne. England won at football. England won at football. Croatia won at football. I'm having a great day. So uh, <laughs> Catherine's off to Eastbourne. Uh, she, there's no stopping Just this woman. Just can't te- get enough of tennis. No, she's going to go and do that event. And then she's got Wimbledon uh, working for the BBC, television and radio, and I'll be there too. Uh, we'll be doing daily podcasts at <laughs> Wimbledon. Can't wait for that. And also, Catherine, just a small matter of a first-round draw in Eastbourne between Andy Murray and Stan Wawrinka. And I saw Stan two minutes after that draw came through, and he had a face like thunder. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> it was it's not ideal for anyone, is it? Winner Apart from to, the tournament. Winner to play Kyle Edmund. <laughs> the two biggest names by far. I mean, yeah, they've got other good names. They've got Kyle, they've got Denis Shapovalov, they've got Diego Schwartzman as their top seed who's never won a match on grass. Mm. And is fresh from a trip to Moscow. Is he? A very unsuccessful trip to Moscow to watch Argentina lose to Croatia. Oh, dear. Yeah, um, well but yeah, they've they've got Murray and Varinka in the first round. It's a shocker for them, but it's an absolute delight for us. Uh, not before 4pm exclusively on Prime Video, David. Yes, it is. I'm going to be watching that. That's going to be awesome. Uh, so Catherine's off to Eastbourne. I'm off to go and lie in the dark room, quite honestly. Uh, this has been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and our executive producers, Melanie Bowes, Triple S, TennisBalls.com, our sponsors, La Manga Club, and of course, Charlie the Ferret. It's been a lot of fun, Catherine. I've enjoyed this week, uh, full of podcast uh, joy, and uh, we will be back with more of them in a week's time and daily at Wimbledon. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll speak to you soon. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.